2017, April 3rd, Monday, and this is the Gaijin Ass Podcast. I'm Gaijin Ass, otherwise known as Eric. Welcome! So here we are, it's another week. Spring week, it's uh, Sakura, Cherry Blossoms, time for Hanami and viewing and partying and drinking and picnicking amongst the purple flowers. Who's going to Hanami? Have you got your Hanami plans figured out? I do not. Back in the day, back in the day, you know, a decade back or more, Hanami was a big deal for me. <clears throat> we were always going to Hanami, all of us, big groups, and a lot of it was based on trying to talk to some girls. And drinking and talking to girls. But, uh, you know, by and large, a lot of that has passed. And I don't know. I hate to say it, but Hanami has lost some of its luster. It's now just an excuse to sit outside, surrounded by people I don't know, and brush cherry blossom petals out of my luxurious hair. Not so much the good time it once was. But who knows, I might wind up at one. We'll just have to see what happens. What are good Hanami spots in Tokyo? We got the list, the usual suspects. There's the Yoyogi Park. There's that area with all the Sakuna trees. Personally, I think Yoyogi's a dump. I don't really like going there. Shinjuku Goen, that's a nice park, but you gotta pay, and they uh, have rules against alcohol that are enforced, unenforced, I don't know. There's Kichijoji, Yenokishira Koen. They got the little bridge, they got da da da, the boat, da da. If I'm gonna go to Kichijoji and go to Yenokishira Park, I'm not gonna do it during Hanami time. Do it in late spring, early summer. It's a cool park to hang out at. You get some yakitori or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me there. But uh, I would probably avoid it during Hanami. Yeah. Other spots, there's a little park in Nakameguro. Not bad. You can walk around along the Megorogawa Nakameguro. They illuminate the sakura in the evening. It could be a nice little date spot. But it's crowded. Um... Yeah, those, I guess, are usual suspects. Ueno, as well, that's full of uh, jackasses and drunk odds. So if you fit into either of those categories, and if you listen to this, you probably do, maybe Ueno is an option for you. Yeah. But that's Hanami. Uh, they're not fully in bloom yet, but they are in route, according to all reports. Today, this podcast is brought to you by Gaijinas.com. 
and what we're talking about today is uh, Japanese women, the yellow cab fallacy. The what? The yellow cab fallacy. If you like women, and if you have ever considered liking Asian women, and inside of that, if you've ever considered liking Japanese women, you've probably heard the term yellow cab. <clears throat> and I, I define the yellow cab as a, a derogatory term used by foreigners primarily to describe a Japanese woman who will easily have sex with someone she has just met. Quote, she's like a yellow cab, cheap, and anyone can have a ride, unquote. Yeah, you've probably heard this. This topic's coming from a post that, uh, the first post that I wrote on gaijinas.com, titled, what I just said, Japanese Women, the Yellow Cab Fallacy. Now, as you might have guessed by that clever title, I think it's bullshit. I think it's BS. I don't think that the average Japanese woman is is a quote-unquote yellow cab. Every statistic that every government on the planet has put forward about Japan supports my claim. Declining rates of sexual activity, declining birth rates, declining marriage rates, the whole nine yards. Granted, I have argued that there's actually a lot of sex happening in sexless Japan, but that's mostly with hookers. <clears throat> amongst actual consensually sexual adults, the activity's down. And that's, um, that's non-negotiable. It's accepted as fact now. So how do we still have this term? Are we saying that back in the day, all the J-ladies were running around jumping on pipe? Hmm. Sounds a little ridiculous to me. So the premise of my argument is that the majority of Japanese women that foreigners come in contact with are uh, a niche subset of the general population. And that then within that niche subset, there is yet another niche subset who are particularly interested in sexual activity with foreigners. That's the majority of the ladies that you're going to come in contact with. Now, some of them might stay in that niche subset for an uh, extended period of time. Or you might have those who, f who float into it and then float out of it. They float in, have an experience, and they float away. And then some spend, you know, a considerable period of their life in that subset. <clears throat> and if you do spend a considerable period of your life in that subset, be prepared to run into people you didn't expect to see again. And be prepared to meet people who know people who you didn't expect them to know. It's a small world like that. So let's go through this and discuss some of these points. Um, there's this prevailing notion amongst foreigners who reside in Japan and abroad that Japanese women are just easy. Now, first let's address Japanese women abroad. <clears throat> the Japanese are notoriously, uh, notoriously shy and they're not, they're not experts at striking up convo with people they just met in a bar. They're not Italians, in other words. So, the Japanese women that you are meeting abroad, who are allowing themselves to be engaged, 
by you in conversation or who are getting into romantic affairs with you, they're like a subset of a subset of a subset. They're an anomaly. They're absolutely uh, not standard issue. That's who you're getting involved with. <clears throat> and it's quite possible that they're there specifically looking to get some of that sweet gaijin sex action. So making a broad a broad statement stereotype like Japanese or yellow cabs. Well, no, the Japanese women you met in Oregon or whatever dump you're from, those women are yellow cabs. And maybe they were just yellow cabs at that particular time in their life. People move in and out. They float in and out of subsets. And people do change, actually. So that's that's a broad. Um, let's see here. This, this whole post primarily is based on what's happening in Japan. And a lot of this, this whole idea that Japanese girls are easy, it comes from the expatriate community. In Japan and I've postulated a series of little points here I want to identify below some of the reasons why this fallacy exists number one <clears throat> you've got yellow fever and yellow fever causes blindness okay what's yellow fever I don't know where the term comes from I'm sure someone in the comments probably does because uh, it's this this ongoing miracle that people who post in the comments are magically endowed with uh, amazing amounts of information that uh, people who are actually writing full posts and articles seemingly don't have access to. So it's comment magic. Yellow fever is this thing basically where you got a white guy or a black guy who's really into Asian girls. It's simple. You know, whatever. It's the exotic thing that just really attracted Asian women. Yellow fever. So, yellow fever causes blindness. What this means is, when you catch yellow fever and you've got that bug, and all the, what you are attracted to, the primary component, the sexual, the first important point is Asian. And that probably means very stereotypically Asian features. This is something that you run into all the time. Uh, Japanese girls comment on it a lot is you'll see a foreign guy who's let's give him like a B on a you know F D C B A scale he's B looking so you know basically handsome but in the eyes of a lot of Japanese women he'll be with a C level attractiveness girl and there's this thing saying foreigners really like girls that look really Japanese. So very angular eyes. <clears throat> kind of the stereotypically Asian features. Black hair, etc. Whereas um, Japanese girls amongst themselves, they all dye their hair. I mean, a huge percentage of them dye their hair to some degree. Uh, they're obsessed with bigger eyes, rounder eyes, sharper facial features. They're basically obsessed with trying to look not Japanese. So imagine the the psychology behind that. Obviously some issues. Huge issues. And yeah, there's a lot of foreign guys when they're attracted to Asian women, they're attracted to the points that they consider exotic. Now, what are exotic points? Shiny, straight black hair. Uh, 
I've grown up around blondes and brunettes and curly and to a Japanese person that hair is really cute it's really it's interesting it's different for me long straight shiny black hair is exotic because I'm not from here it's not rocket surgery guys okay same thing with the shape of the eyes yeah um, it's it's just different for, from what I'm used to dark black almond-shaped eyes it's an it's an attractive point I understand some people don't think it's attractive some people like blue eyes some people like green eyes I like those too I'm just saying when I'm here in Japan the people that I tend to be physically attracted to or have been in the past have been people with pretty stereotypical features so I fall into that category now back to yellow fever causes blindness when you're on a when you are on a war path looking for any Asian woman you can get your hands on what happens is your ability to discern who is actually attractive above attractive and below attractive average attractiveness within the bigger group becomes really uh, negatively affected you see girls who don't look that great but in your eyes they they look stunningly attractive and you want to bang them so there's that if you're running around trying to get after it so hard you're no longer able to tell who who's actually legitimately attractive inside the average group and you're willing to basically take anything you can get your hands on so that's that's one reason right there a lot of foreign guys have yellow fever and they will sleep with any Japanese girl who will put out it doesn't matter if she's attractive or not <coughs> she's Japanese he's got yellow fever and it's gonna happen it's gonna happen so that's that that's one reason that it's so easy to get laid quote-unquote so easy to get laid here keep in mind I know guys who have been here years who don't get laid so it, it goes both ways my next point here is uh, this is Japan and everything's organized everything's organized and everything has rules so if you are a computer dork or you're really into computers you very quickly understand you need to go to Akihabara that's where all the dorks are that's where all the computer dorks hang out and that's where you can get your computer fix okay you want to go shopping you're a teeny bopper you go to Harajuku everybody knows that you want to go shopping you're uh, a 30 year old you go to Ginza everybody knows that okay you want to get your uh, you want to jump into some different bars smoke some uh, hashish uh, maybe hit up some clubs go to Shibuya you want a little quiet, more posh kind of atmosphere, hit up Ebisu, Azubujuban, okay? If you're a foreign man and you want to meet a Japanese woman to sleep with, you go to Roppongi. Everybody knows this. You go to Roppongi. It's that simple. And literally every foreign man I know and every Japanese person I know has this intel. They all know when you want to hook it up, you go to Rupongi, and that's where it happens. And no one is making any bones about it. No one is trying to say this is going to be a fantastic romantic event. The point is, if you want it to get, if you want to get it on, you get it on in Rupongi, in the Pong. Simple. It's organized. Everyone knows where to go. Okay. 
Okay, now the point to remember here is for every one girl who is in Rapungi and is interested in your shitty finance job or your bullshit recruiting job or uh, whatever you're lying about to hide the fact that you teach English. <clears throat> for every one of them, there are 10 women who are not in Rapungi, who are not interested in Rapungi, and who are not interested in you. So that one girl in a bar that's seemingly full of girls who you have a chance with, that represents an anomaly within the system. Okay, so for every one of those girls, there's 10 more girls who hate hamburgers, are not interested in English, and think foreign guys are loud and stupid, and they're, they're not having it. They're not interested in you. So right there, we got yellow fever. You're getting laid a lot because you'll sleep with uh, anything curls out from underneath a rock. Number two, you are able, because this place is so organized, to target a very niche subset of the population. And you're able to come in contact with them easily. Another point, <clears throat> English conversation schools awash with hormones. Pretty much any city center you go to and you... Uh, Look at the finance guys, banking guys, stock market guys, etc. There's going to be groupies and women who are interested in them. And it's this is not a condemnation, I'm not moralizing. But when there's money involved, women are attracted. That's pretty simple. So one of the big anomalies here is that you've got these guys who basically have shitty jobs working as English conversation teachers, which... Let's be honest, they're not, they're not great jobs. You've got these guys with these jobs who are getting a lot of tail. They're getting a lot of tail. They're dating three, four women at a time. Uh, what? How? How? How, how, how does this happen? Well, it's the model of the English Conversation School that really facilitates this. Okay, first of all, you've got some kind of youngish native English-speaking guy. Probably white, maybe black. There's some other, you know, some other ethnic options mixed in there, but it's predominantly white and followed by black. So you've got these guys, you know, whatever. 23, 24, 25, 26, 30, 32, 33. Horny. And their job now is to sit six to eight hours a day having one-to-one -one conversations or small group classes with uh, customers that are predominantly female. I don't have any statistics in front of me, but based on everything I've encountered, the majority of clients that you run into in the Akaiwa business are female. So you've got this guy who back home, uh, wherever home is, you know, in Georgia or whatever, in Georgia, he probably stocked shelves at uh, Safeway or something, you know, was going to school and stocking shelves at night. Talk to a girl occasionally, maybe at his little girlfriend, uh, whatever. And then, you know, at night he was at home watching uh, yeah, Japanese porn, wanking off. Now he's here and his, uh, his whole purpose in life is to sit for six to eight hours a day chit-chatting with uh, the target audience, Japanese females. Now, what's happened here? We've got a repeat of number two. So this is a, a niche subset who are interested in English and who have some kind of interest in foreign culture. That's why they're paying, they're shelling out the dough, putting down the, the, the yen to be in these English conversation classes. And inside that, 
little niche, there's an additional subset, and that group are interested in, in foreign everything. That includes foreign penises. So they're the niche within the niche, and you run into them at Ikaiwa, and week in and week out, you're sitting there having these little talks with them. Over time, rapport can build. Once rapport is built, it's not very difficult for that uh, well-built rapport to segue into some kind of a sexual interaction. So, also, it's great practice. If you've got some dunce who never really chatted up girls, and suddenly it's his job to chat up girls, well, now, now he's learning how to talk to people, and he's developing a specific kind of confidence when talking to Japanese people, Japanese women. He, he starts to learn, where's the punchline? Where's his mark? what works, what doesn't. And he gets the trial and error, all this stuff, and then lessons. And then he, he can take that outside and use it as well. So, yeah, a little social interaction training right there. Also, uh, yellow fever continues to rear its, its ugly, uncurable head in the English conversation school as well. Because, same thing, you know, she is probably like a D, D plus, C minus, but because you're infected with the fever, you're thinking she's a B plus, A minus, and you're stuck talking to her anyway, so, you know, why not uh, get some booty? Next, uh, Catholic guilt, this is not. Look, whatever, I was brought up Christian, uh, uh, inundated with Judeo-Christian uh, concepts about morality and what's right and what's wrong, and for a long time I railed against it it's wrong, I thought. Um, recently, I've kind of come full, full circle, very Rambo 3. And uh, I think a lot of the concepts about who you're supposed to put your penis in and who you shouldn't and how that works, they're not necessarily religious. We wrap them up in religious ideas, but a lot of them are just good common sense for families and for people. But that's not what this is about. Uh, Japan doesn't have any of that crap, really. Japan doesn't have a lot of hang-ups about uh, sex. And uh, traditionally, well, that's, that's incorrect. In the past, Japan didn't have a lot of these Christian hang-ups about sex. Um, today, Japan is not what it used to be. It's not the past. It's today. So Japan can't return to its past because the people of Japan are the people of Japan today. And it wouldn't work if they tried to go back. But if you look in the old Japanese literature, etc., <clears throat> a lot of sex was regarded as just a, a physical thing that's pleasurable. It, there wasn't a lot of morality connected to it. And there was a lot of disconnect between morality and sex. So a lot of that still carries on today. Uh, hence, lots of sex and sexless Japan through prostitution. So that old... You know that old rumor that the Japanese wife um, isn't going to condemn the husband for sleeping with hookers uh, as long as he doesn't have a girlfriend and as long as he keeps it quiet. Well, that's true and it's not true. The truth is the Japanese wife doesn't condemn the husband because she doesn't find out about it. She doesn't really have access or she doesn't poke her nose into what he's doing when he's not home and he goes way out of his way to make sure she doesn't find out about it. So it's more of a just 
you know, what you don't know doesn't hurt you situation. It's not some special Japanese agenda within a marriage. But without all the, the uh, Judeo-Christian, the quote-unquote so-called Judeo-Christian uh, concepts about sex, um, the idea is that the Japanese are just more free to engage in sex because it feels good. Yeah, when I wrote this post, like, in 2009, this was the yarn that I was spinning, and the, yeah, I was basically buying this. I can see in the writing that there's some cracks that uh, some light was starting to come through, but I was still pushing this agenda, and now today, uh, you know, years later, a lot of experience and a lot of introspection about those experiences I don't really buy this anymore. I think that um, a lot of that that idea about sex is just to feel good, and uh, we don't need to have these moral uh, we don't need a moral compass when it comes to sex because da 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 da. da. I think a lot of that is just uh, ideas put forward by men who want to keep doing stuff that can be very destructive socially. And uh, it can be very destructive for a marriage and a family, and it can be uh, very destructive for the individual as well. People can say that there's nothing wrong with prostitution, and it's a victimless crime. However, uh, I don't really buy that anymore. When you're purchasing someone else's body, using it, and then walking away, I do think that there's more to sex than just the physical act of sex. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the decisions there. So this fourth point that I wrote, I'm not sure I can stand by that anymore. But it is still a prevailing option that, you know, Japanese people don't have this morality hung around their neck, blah, blah, blah. Yes and no. I'm not sure I believe this anymore. But the first three points I think really do stand. Uh, yellow fever causes blindness. Uh, everyone knows where to go in Japan to find someone who's going to sleep with you. And... Uh, English conversation schools are a hotbed of secret sex and penis use. So there's that. Um, what I did conclude with in this post that got some snarling in the comments was that uh, if you are from a culture or a country or a family background that has taught you that sleeping with everyone you can get your hands on is probably wrong. If you've grown up like that and you're over here and you're sleeping with various Japanese women and you're referring to them as sluts and whores, uh, but you're the person that grew up with a model that told you that that made those girls, uh, that kind of uh, activity gave you the right to label those girls that way, well, the problem isn't those girls. The problem is you. You're the problem. Because your programming tells you that what you're doing is wrong, but instead of taking personal responsibility and uh, stopping that behavior, you're projecting the blame onto the women around you who you've likely coerced into a lot of these situations. Uh, that's another thing. A lot of uh, gaijin guys I know have been really, really aggressive with how they pick up their pickup game, and they've been really meticulous in, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say planning, but practicing the, the, the function 
or practicing the activity of meeting a woman, getting her interested, getting her liquored up, getting her home, and then getting her clothes off. So a lot of people put a lot of time into figuring that out and a lot of energy. It's aggressive. It's also uh, conscious. It's not an accident. I mean, the accidents do occur. And by accident, I mean you meet a woman, you have, an, you have a coffee, suddenly you're sleeping together. And it's, it's really organic and it's very, very nice. I'm not saying that shouldn't go on. But there's a lot of uh, aggressive, conscious hunting in a city like this especially when the target is so clear and uh, easily accessed. And my, just my thinking is simple. If you grew up learning that this kind of activity and this kind of behavior is probably wrong and you're condemning the women involved in this behavior as uh, sluts or yellow cabs, the real slut here is you. You're the slut, not the woman. You need to take responsibility for your actions and uh, maybe clean up your worldview a little bit because... You're avoiding, you're avoiding stepping up and being a man. That was the crux of the post. If we cruise, let me see here. Okay, there we go. Okay. If we cruise down through that into some comments, there were some fun comments there. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, one guy said that a lot of these quote-unquote Japanese women who are yellow cabs aren't actually Japanese. But the gaijin are so stupid they can't tell the difference. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's true. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, someone pointed out that yellow fever works both ways. It's true. It totally does. You've got... Uh, Although I think it's not as bad the other way. So how it works our way, we explain that. A guy has yellow fever, C minus girls look like B minus girls. And it works the other way where it, it's it's more rare, but it does occur. You'll Can you say rarer? It's rarer. It's rarer, but it does occur. It's more rare. Rarer, I think, is correct, but that feels quite difficult to say. Let's see here. Um, so yeah, people, you do occasionally see these guys who just look like ass. And they're with girls that are pretty good looking. But I think that's a that's a double yellow cab because the guy looks like ass, so the girl's dating him. But you're seeing the girl, and you think the girl looks better than the guy because you have yellow fever. So she has some kind of fever as well, like a white fever, and she's into him. But you have yellow fever, and you're into her. So you think she looks better than she actually does, which makes it look like da-da-da-da-da. Did you follow that? Okay. This was actually a really good comment. Uh, she's like a yellow cab cheap and anyone can have a ride. Not quite. The correct phrase is, she's like a yellow cab. Anyone can take her home. Uh, New York City taxis are anything but cheap. You want cheap, you use the subway. This phrase was popularized by a book published in 1991 by a Japanese female author living in New York City at the time. It is a play on the fact that all cabs in New York City are yellow. The phrase only makes sense in that context since most Japanese and gaijin wouldn't otherwise understand it unless they were aware of this. For example, how many yellow taxis do you see anywhere in Japan, London, Paris, etc., etc.? Exactly. Well, you see a lot of yellow taxis in Japan, buddy. Otherwise, it sounds a bit racist. Uh, her book was supposedly 
has supposedly been discredited, though I'm not sure why, as the phenomenon she's describing was quite prevalent in New York City and in other U.S. tourist destinations favored by Japanese during those times. L.A., San Francisco, Hawaii. Yeah, I address this subset. You're dealing with a subset of people who are in that region purposefully, probably, and then inside that subset, you're meeting another niche subset of people who are looking for cock. So it's, it's a stereotype. It's a stereotype that doesn't apply on a broad scale. It doesn't work. So, yeah, actually, this post generated a lot of pretty good comments. Some of them were pissed off. Some of them were pretty stereotypical. But anyway, it was a cool post. I'm glad I wrote it. That was the first one we ever put up in 2009. Uh, there'll be links to this post um, when I get this on YouTube and on iTunes, whatever. Okay, by the way, <clears throat> we are putting this little podcast on iTunes. Um, I've got stuff lined up for every week. It's no problem to record now. I've got guests lined up. So we're going to have guests on. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff connected to Japan and to Gaijinas.com. So what am I asking you guys? One, if I reference a post like this, Japanese Women in the Yellow Cat Fallacy, please go to the website, look at the post, and uh, write a comment or something. Or give it a like. Give it a star. It takes like one second of your time. Probably burn a calorie, perhaps, to clicking that mouse button. Um, we'll be on iTunes soon. When we're on iTunes, would really appreciate it if you give us a comment, um, give us a like, anything, anything like that. We're just looking for more action and more stuff. We've got a Facebook fan page. We put a lot of stuff on there. You can go on there and like our fan page. We'd really appreciate it. Also, on the, the Twitter. We're on the Twitter, and that's at Gaijinass. You can hit us up directly. Finally, the last thing I'll do in this post today is uh, we are looking for more guest contributors because um, our guest posts traditionally do really, really well. So we're looking for anyone who's got some specific knowledge about Japan. You've got a rant. You've got a rave. You've got a grievance. You've got special knowledge. Whatever it is, fame and fortune can be yours. All you have to do is direct message us. Contact me. Get in touch. Get in touch. And we can make you famous. Okay? How about that? Uh, how guest posting works really simple. You uh, say the topic, then you, you write it up. It should be, you know, specific to your knowledge about Japan. You write it up. Uh, we, we format, edit it, and post it for you. And we can link back to any website you want, uh, whatever. It's fun, it's cool, it's cathartic, it's awesome to get something off your chest, and uh, your name gets out there. So anyone who's interested in that, do not hesitate. Direct message us uh, on Facebook or on Twitter, and let's get that started. Okay, so for today, that is it. The conclusion today, a lot of hot women in Tokyo, uh, Japanese, yellow cap fallacy is just that. A fallacy, it's not real. And uh, that's it. I'm Gaiji Nass, and we're going to sign out for today. So, yeah. Kondomo, yoroshiku, onegaishimasu.